This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? Can you help us? Partner with the ministry of Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or on equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm absolutely thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I want to welcome you into a very interactive hour. We're going to be opening up our phone lines in just a moment because today I want to hear from you. But first, let me say thank you to all of you who attended yesterday's very important Zoom webinar. As you know, our topic was... Uh, recovering from and surviving church hurt. We talked about spiritual abuse. We talked a lot about religious trauma. How do you survive it? How do you recognize it? And if you're a leader, how do you prevent perpetrating that on others? It was very well attended and uh, deeply impactful for those who participated, and even for my own heart as well. So I want to say thanks to our monthly partners who make that possible. I also want to use this as an opportunity to say thank you to all who have supported the program throughout this year. Uh, This is a time of year where we reflect, where we give thanks over the good things that God has provided. And certainly in my life, each one of you who listen, who pray, who support the program You're one of the reasons why I give thanks. So I want you to know how much I appreciate you and that it's not lost on me that we are here every day because of God's grace so often expressed through your love, your support, and your generosity. But just know this, that our partnership is making a difference. There's not a day that goes by where we're not seeing men and women come to Christ, grow in their faith, understand how to answer the tough questions that our culture is asking of us with biblical and relevant answers. I'm grateful for our guests throughout the year who have helped to make that possible as well. Before we get into today's guest, who I'm so thrilled to have with us and topic, I do want to make this appeal. Today is an opportunity for us to finish the year strong. Uh, as we think about closing our budget gap, we're down to about $5,800 that we need in order to close our budget gap for this year. Now, $5,800 may seem like a lot to some or maybe little to others. Where God has you economically will determine a lot of that. But I also know that it's doable. I know that together as a community, we can close this gap. And what it means not only do we finish the year strong with uh, a testimony of spiritual impact and good stewardship, it also means that we can dream big about how to spread the gospel even more broadly as we step into a new year. But I need your help today. So can we make today a Giving Friday? Can you consider uh, being a friend who stands with us 
with a gift of $100 or more that will allow us to be able to uh, really knock out the budget gap and really prepare for an awesome and impactful year ahead. So can you call today? I promise you I'll keep you updated. But if you've been blessed by the program, your gift of $100 or more would be such a huge blessing right now. Go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equippedradio.org. You can give easily, securely, and safely there. Or call this number, 888-644-4144. It's 888-644-4144. Well, why did you come to Christ? What propelled that decision in your life? In particular, if you came out of another faith, or maybe no faith at all, I want to hear your story today. I want to hear what is it or what was it about the gospel, about the Christian faith that caused you to say, I believe, I want to follow Christ. The phone number to hear your story, to share your story or your reason, your reason why you believe the gospel and why you left maybe another faith or maybe stepped out of atheism into Christianity, I want to hear from you at 877-548-3675, 877-LIVE-675. The reason why I want to hear from you is because of, of an article, a story that has recently gone viral and has captured the hearts and minds of many. It's a story of a very popular atheist, former atheist, named Ayan Hirsi Ali. Ayan Hirsi Ali became famous for her denouncement of her Muslim faith and her profession of atheism, her denouncement of religion uh, uh, totally after the horrific events of 9-11. Well, recently she wrote an article that has gone viral, simply entitled, Why I'm Now a Christian. Why I'm Now a Christian. And in it, she articulates what convinced her that Christianity was true, that Christ is worth following. I want to share a little bit about the impact of this and why it's so profound to so many, including myself. And in order to have this conversation, I've invited in uh, my good and trusted friend, Abdu Murray. Many of you know and love Abdu uh, and the work that he does in helping to give uh, strong answers for why Christianity is a faith worth believing. Uh, Abdu is uh, the president and founder of Embrace the Truth. It's a phenomenal ministry that I highly commend to you. He is re- he's the author of many books and most recently, more than a white man's religion, why the gospel has never been merely white, male-centered, or just another religion. Abdu joins me now. Abdu, how are you? I'm well, brother. How are you? I am so well, and I'm so grateful for you joining uh, joining us for some time today. The phone lines are already starting to ring with people who are calling in, Abdu, to share What was it about the Christian faith that propelled them to trust the gospel, to believe in Jesus? We'll take some of those calls in a moment. But what about you, Abdu? You were raised as a devout, uh, observant Muslim, uh, and your story is well documented of coming to the Christian faith. But what was the linchpin? What was it about 
the Christian faith that you found to be and continue to see as compelling? You know, it's interesting because uh, I read Ayan Hirsi Ali's um, uh, story. I read it as I was flying to go speak somewhere on how the gospel answers the toughest questions of life when it comes to cultural issues and cultural moments. That's a big part of what she has to say. Um, for me, what it was, was that everything I was hoping was true in my former faith about God, about meaning, about existence, I found to be actually true in the gospel message. Um, in other words, it was not just the um, hope that maybe this will make me feel better or feel good or find some sense of peace or solace, but also it actually happened to be really true. So what started me off was essentially the credibility of the transmission of the gospel down through the centuries, that the Bible we have now is can be trusted as what was originally written back then, and that the history of the resurrection of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and that it actually meant something. It wasn't just a curious miracle uh, some obscure thing, but it meant something. It meant that Jesus is the Lord of life, that my sins have been paid for, and that he has the, the power over death, and therefore that power uh, is something that I benefit from in terms of my eternal life. But he also provides meaning. And he gave, he gave, he gave substance to my, my biggest question, which is if God exists, and I think there's a wonderful reason to believe that, many wonderful reasons, what kind of a God is he? Who is he specifically? And when I saw that the, the God who is truly great, and every Muslim believes in a God who is great, Allahu Akbar is their statement that they say, you know, God is greater, that, that Jesus was the, was the incarnation of that greatness because the greatest possible being who is God would express the greatest possible ethic, which is love, and he would do it in the greatest possible way, which is self-sacrifice. And that's exactly what we have in the gospel message. So the gospel yes. message satisfied me intellectually, it satisfied me emotionally, and it satisfied me theologically, and also satisfied me existentially. It's a fully orbed gospel that answers every question. You know, I, as you as you share that, and I'm looking at these calls that are coming in, uh, this is profound to me because uh, this whole false straw man argument is so often presented by atheists that you're only a Christian because you were raised in the West, or you're only mm. a Christian because you come from a Christian family, is debunked by the stories of so many. Mm. Not only so yeah. many who are followers of Christ, but even the person who would levy it themselves, who mm -hmm. so often were raised in Christian homes, but were able to think enough to make their own decisions. Somehow they don't bestow that same uh, capacity upon others. Uh, but I do want to open up the phone lines again at 877 548-3675. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. But uh, uh, you who have come out of another faith or maybe no faith at all, uh, you would describe yourselves as ag agnostic or atheist, or maybe you were a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist, and now you are a follower of Christ. What is it that compelled you to say, I want to trust Christ? I want to follow Christianity. I, I, I believe the gospel is true. What is it about the Christian faith that causes you to say, I believe? 877-548-3675. A little bit about Ayan Hirsi Ali. Um, she was uh, born in Somalia, Abdu. She was uh, raised uh, as a Muslim. She uh, talks about her time in Kenya, her family living there, and the Muslim Brotherhood coming there and um, how she became very passionate about Islam and 
part of what she describes about becoming passionate about Islam, the way she encountered the Islamic faith was an equal uh, disdain for those who were infidels or unbelievers. Uh, and uh, we'll get more to that in a moment. But after uh, being pledged to someone in an arranged marriage, she, she leaves. She goes to the Netherlands, and through a series of events, uh, she finds herself there in university. She actually becomes an MP, a member of parliament there in the Netherlands, and uh, is very respected, very, very well regarded. But after 9-11, she becomes an atheist and becomes very well known throughout the world for denouncing religion as a whole. So I think it's pretty profound that 20 years later, she writes this article of why I'm a Christian. Um, what about you, Abdu? Yeah, I think that this is... Um... If it's one Muslim writer had uh, responded to this, or at least a former Muslim possibly, um, had said that people don't really fully get the seismic imp- impact of her conversion and how this is going to have an effect around the world in so many ways. You know, I look at this and I think to myself, and this is the first thing that struck me, Chris, when I read her her story, was um, a- as a Muslim, when I came to faith in Christ, you cha- when you change your worldview, you change a lot about yourself. An opinion is something you hold loosely with an open hand, but a conviction is something you hold with a closed fist, not in a shaking, like defiant kind of a way, but you hold it near and dear to you. So when you change your worldview, um, it's hard to open a pride, hard to pry open a clenched fist. Um, But you do that. And there's an identity change that happens. And that's a scary thing. Uh, There's plenty of things that could be lost, um, not the least of which is your own sense of identity. And then she did it again. Not only did she do it out of Islam, but she did it out of atheism with a public persona that was so well-known and so uh, championed by other atheists as um, a, a paragon of virtue and reason and the enlightenment that she decided to change it again. That kind of conviction, that kind of bravery, and she doesn't say how brave she is. She actually says how scared she is or was uh, until she found Christ. Um, that kind of thing should be admired and studied and understood because yes. it doesn't prove the truth of her, of her claims. But what it does is give you a, an idea of the sincerity of someone who's really looking for truth, not looking for convenience, not looking just for pragmatism. She could have found that anywhere she wanted to, but she found it in Christ and she did that identity switch twice. I find that to be remarkable. This whole thought of following the evidence wherever it may lead is something that some would accuse Christianity of lacking. But I find the the exact opposite to be true, Mm -hmm. that Christianity openly invites you to investigate Mm -hmm. and to ask the tough questions. And certainly she does. You have as well. And I invite those who are asking tough questions to join this conversation as well. Because if Christianity is what it claims to be in its best form, it invites the tough questions and gives answers that satisfy both the head and the heart. I want to invite you to call at 877-548-3675. I also would love for you to find out more about Embrace the Truth, about Abdu Murray and his newest book, More Than a White Man's Religion, why the gospel has never been merely white, male-centered, or just another religion. Go to equipradio.org. We'll be right back. 
to take a moment to thank all of our new equippers. Your monthly gifts provide a program of passionate Bible teaching aimed at equipping and mobilizing Christians from every walk of life to make disciples among the nations. You can join this growing family of believers and become an equipper yourself today. And when you do, you'll receive special weekly updates and resources that will encourage you and keep you up to date on what's happening in the world. Call today, 888-644-4144 or simply go online at equipradio.org. You know, I've heard that for every one person that sends a gift to support Equip, there are probably 10 others that don't. But I can tell you this, we deeply appreciate every single one of you who support this program. Your impact is huge. Maybe it's been a long time since you've contacted Equip, or maybe you've never responded. Isn't it time to call? Here's the number, 888-644-4144 or equipradio.com. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Phone number to join the conversation, 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. Going to get to the phone lines in just a moment. Abdu Murray is my guest today. We're asking for you to call and to share what is it that caused you to believe the Christian faith and that Christ was worth following the gospel, or maybe you are struggling with a barrier to belief. There's something intellectually, emotionally, spiritually that's causing you to question whether you should believe. Would also love to hear from you, 877-548-3675. That's 877-LIVE-675. Abdu, uh, as we talk about Ion Hersi Ali, One of the things she argues towards the end of her article, which, by the way, is up on our social sites right now, one of the things she argues is this, and I just want to read this this paragraph because it is strong, it is unapologetic, but she is arguing for nothing short of civilization itself. Towards the end of her article, she says these words, and I would love for you to comment. She says, in this nihilistic vacuum, the challenge before us becomes civilization. We cannot withstand China, Russia, and Iran if we cannot explain to our population why it matters that we do. We cannot uh, fight woke ideology if we cannot defeat, uh, defend rather, the civilization that it is determined to destroy. And we cannot counter Islam with purely secular tools. To win the hearts and minds of Muslims here in the West, we have to offer them something more than videos on TikTok. Those are strong words. Abdu, what, what is your thought or reflection on her argument that only Christianity can hold together civilization? You know, this is interesting because some have criticized her conversion as merely one of pragmatism. You know, she, she converts because it makes sense of um, the struggle against some bad things. And it's not about truth. It's about what works. And I don't think that that's true at all. I think that when you look at this paragraph alone, she she starts off, there's a nihilistic vacuum. The whole idea that nothing really matters and nothing really means anything and nothing, certainly unbelief, is capable of actually justifying why anything means anything. She actually does talk about the idea that we have to fight these things and to, uh, to give people a reason of why it matters. In other words, it's not just a matter of subjective survival 
It's actually a matter of objective meaning. And can you find yes. objective meaning somewhere? And yes. she doesn't jettison, by the way, this is important. She doesn't jettison uh, so-called secular ideas. She says we can't counter is Islamism, for example, with purely secular tools. We can use secular tools and we can link our arm with, with people who don't have any real measure of faith. But what she's arguing for, and I think she's dead right, is that all of the things that we hold dear, whether it's secular tools, the idea of a secular world where no one worldview is dominant, but all are equally uh, allowed to compete in the marketplace of ideas, uh, the idea of human value, the idea of equality among the sexes or among um, different ethnicities, all of these things, she's basically packing into this one area, all of these things have their roots in the Judeo-Christian worldview. And, yes. and nowhere else, nowhere else do you find any justification for this. So while an atheist might believe in all of those things, there's no rational reason to believe in that. In fact, earlier in her article, she goes on and says that once we, the God hole, she calls it, the God hole was filled by irrational and quasi-religious dogma. In other words, yeah. secularism yielded to a sense of faith uh, of some kind, because humans have that sort of inherent need to have faith in something or to create quasi-religious movements, whether it's secular or not. And she's saying Christianity not only works, but it's true, and then it works because it's true. It's not true because it works. It works because it's true. And I think there's so much here that we can learn from. In that one paragraph alone, I think there's so many nuggets of truth. So I think that she's been criticized. Interestingly enough, by the way, she was criticized um, or responded to by one of her friends, uh, Michael Shermer, who's the president of Skeptic Magazine. Yeah, and he yeah, is a big writer. Yeah. He criticized her views and he said, look, all this wonderful enlightenment humanism, this can do what, it, what, uh, what Christianity is claimed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on and cites some thinkers and almost every one of the thinkers he cites to justify the idea of humanism, of enlightenment humanism, almost every one of them is either a believer in God in general or a Christian in specific. So the very yes. ideas that enlightenment humanism borrows in order to foster human flourishing, it borrows those from a Christian worldview. None of those things would have been possible mm -hmm. had, had Christ not come, as David Bentley Hart says, and given his life for the least of these. And that's why we have the ideas of charity for the indigent, for caring for those who are downtrodden and hospitals and all these wonderful things. It's yes. the Christian message, not Christians in particular, but Christians who were inspired by Christ, who are the ones who have done these things. And I think she's picked up on it. 877-548-3675 is the number. Maybe you know what it's like to uh, step out of one worldview system, one belief system into another. Well, you can relate to what Ion Hersi Ali is experiencing. You can relate to our dear brother, Abdu Murray. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, if you have uh, stepped out of one religion or faith into Christianity, or if you have left behind atheism, secularism, and embraced Christ and his teaching, his personhood, the message of his redemption and salvation, I would love to hear from you, what was it that was compelling within Christianity that caused you to say, I believe? The phone number 877-548-3675, or maybe you're listening and you're saying, I'm not sure if I do believe, and there's some barrier or question in your heart. I'd love to respectfully 
hear from you as well. 877-548-3675. Abdu, if you don't mind, I'd love to read one more passage to you and get Mm -hmm. your thoughts. And this is where she shifts from the broad argument of civilization to something far greater, uh, more personal, rather. She says, yet I would not be truthful if I attributed my embrace of Christianity solely to the realization that atheism is too weak and uh, divisive uh, a doctrine to fortify us against our menacing foes. I also, I have also turned to Christianity, she says, because I ultimately found life without any spiritual solace unendurable. Indeed, very nearly self-destructive. Atheism failed to answer a simple question. What is the meaning and purpose of life? Mm. That's powerful, brother. That is powerful. And, and given that she even starts, starts off talking about Bertrand Russell's, um, and her title to her thing is uh, a playoff of Bertrand Russell's Why I Am Not a Christian. Um, when you look at that, you think this is a studied person. This is a person who has well-read, who has swum in all the atheistic arguments about how you can find meaning, whether objective or subjective, without belief in God. And what she's pointing out is that all of those things have failed. I think of the people like Stephen Jay Gould, who was a, a, a evolutionary uh, a biologist, and he says that we have to manufacture meaning ourselves. There is no higher purpose. There is no other way. And this is superficially troubling, if not terrifying. And I think that I've never been superficially terrified before, so I don't know what he's talking about there. But Ayan Hersey Ali has pointed out that kind of a statement is actually telling too much. It's saying that atheism cannot give you the kind of self-assurance and the assurance you need to endure life's hardships, but Christianity can. We're going to take a break. I want to hear from you. We'll take your calls right after this. Next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Is it possible to have joy even when life is hard? In the four habits of joy-filled people, Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi show us how to build habits that will fill our lives with joy and satisfaction every day. Based on the latest neuroscience, this book is practical and easy to understand and provides exercises and tools that can help you to live a joy-filled life. Request your copy today when you support Equip this month. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful today to be joined by Abdu Murray. Going to get back to our conversation about what is so compelling about the Christian faith. Uh, But before we do that, I do want to invite you again. Stand with us if God should so... Speak to your heart, prayerfully and financially. You know, I wish I could tell you that uh, that radio and uh, ministry was not an expensive endeavor, but the reality is that many doors have been opened, wonderful doors throughout the U.S. and Canada, throughout North America. But I am so grateful that uh, in spite of the great economic cost, God has continued to prove himself faithful through the generosity of his people. And the only way that you can justify any expenses if you know the return on investment is worth it. And what price can we put on the soul? What price can we put on life? And so today, I invite you to stand with us because on the other side of your generosity, men and women are experiencing the blessing and the benefit of eternal life. 
So if you could call 877-548-3675, that would be awesome. 877-548-3675 is the number to join the conversation. Or if you want to support financially the program, go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Let's go to Vanessa, who's listening in Holland, Michigan, as we talk about why you chose to follow Christ. Vanessa, tell us about the background you came from and what was it about Christianity that was so compelling to you? Hey, so I grew up in a very Christian home, um, church every Sunday, Wednesday. Um, And when I was in high school, my parents ended up getting a divorce. Um, Thankfully, a few years later, they did remarry and are still married till this day. But um, when they divorced, it just really crushed me, um, crushed my faith. I just felt like everything I grew up with in the church must not really be real or matter um, if that's what's going to happen. And I not only walked away from the church, but went the totally opposite way and even started looking, getting into witchcraft kind of stuff. Um, I think I was just really desperate for some sort of answers. Um, but what I found was some very awful demonic experiences. Um, so I stopped that, but still kept on my search of looking at other things, but not believing that Jesus was who they said he was. Um, so then years, years later in my life, um, I came home from work one night and found that everything in my living room was destroyed. Um, I, boyfriend at the time got drunk and broke everything, the lamps, the vases, there's glass everywhere. Um, It was awful. And the next morning I had to gate off my daughter so she couldn't come in there and be getting cut by the glass while I'm picking out all these pieces and she's sobbing because she wants to come over. And all of a sudden this song starts playing in my head that I hadn't heard in so many years that which you will appreciate this one. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. Oh, so hard not to cry about this. Um, and I was just like, how, where is this coming from? You know, I haven't heard this song in so long and why is this happening? And it just kept playing over and over again. And I just felt like God was telling me in that moment, you know, like I'm, I'm still coming after you and I'm still here for you. Yeah. And, um, what a a beautiful story. And, uh, you know, as I listen to your story, Vanessa, there's two things that I find very, very compelling. One is the fact that you went on this search, and uh, yet in your search for trying to have spirituality apart from God, you discovered the emptiness of that. But then you also talk about just the reality of God's unfailing love and his unceasing pursuit of you. And Abdu, as I listen to Vanessa's story, man, I I think about, uh, and I've heard you tell your story many times, about how uh, the patience of these two uh, evangelists in college at the University of Michigan, how profound that was. Uh, The fact that they kept coming back and kept pursuing, I think that that is, um, is awesome. And, you know, so as we think about these two things, it's, uh, it's very, very compelling to know that God is constantly pursuing us, and uh, God is constantly seeking to, uh, to uh, draw us back to himself. I'm so glad, Vanessa, 
that you came to realize that he did not give up on you. And I don't believe that he's given up on many who uh, walked away, maybe because of hurt, maybe because of woundedness, uh, but has uh, sensed his love drawing them back. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Vanessa's life. May the one who's begun a good work continue it on. And I pray that not just for Vanessa, but for all who are listening as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Want to go to Deerfield, Illinois, Saeed is listening to us now. Saeed, what uh, faith were you raised in, and what is it about Christianity that is so compelling to you? Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for your show. I've been listening to your show, uh, and I prompted to call you. So, um, yeah. So I grew up in Hinduism. My parents and my relatives, all of us are Hindus, born Hindus, and then we were following uh, Hinduism all our lives, and we were very extreme Hindu uh, people because we always hated Christ and Christianity, and my father always used to mock at Christians who passed by him. And then, yeah, so one day my dad had an accident, and then he was he went to coma. He was in coma for a month. So by this month, my mom went to all the Hindu temples, made oaths and vows, uh, asking them to come and save my dad's life. But none of them came to rescue my dad's life. And after a month, the doctors gave up on my dad, saying that, oh, he's not going to live anymore. You can take him back home. He has only a few days left. So and it is useless to spend any money over him, any med- no medicine is reacting in his body. So that was the final report of my uh, mm. um, dad's doctors uh, when he was in coma. And then yeah. one of my aunts, by that time, so she was the only Christian in all our uh, family members, uh, relatives. Uh, and then she asked my mom, why can't you try Jesus? He's able to save your husband. And then if he says you can serve him, that was my aunt's uh, request to my mom on that day when doctors gave the final report. And my mom, not knowing what to do, so she he was vexed with the Hindu gods and goddesses because none of them came to rescue my dad. And then as she has no hope in any other gods and goddesses, she just wanted to try Jesus. And then she tried Jesus. She cried to Jesus. Uh, she prayed a simple prayer, not knowing how to pray. Lord, uh, Jesus, you are not our God, but I still come to you. If you can save my husband, we will mm-hmm. serve you all the days of our lives. And then I don't know how long this God is waiting to hear my mom's cry. So Jesus heard my mom's cry on the same night when doctors gave the final report. And then Jesus came right into my dad's room, and then he healed my dad, woke him up from the wow. deathbed, and made wow. him to wow. out again. Left him there promising, do not be afraid, I'm with you. So this became so real to us and compelling us, believing that he is real God. He lives, he hears us, and Jesus is real even today. That's so powerful, Sai. Thank you so much for sharing that story. So incredible. And I think, Abdu, it, it is a reminder of the counterbalance to uh, the rationalism. Certainly Christianity is a thinking faith. And you and I have talked about the, um, the ethical reasons for believing in Christianity, the historical reasons for believing in Christianity, the philosophical reasons. But yet here, Sai, coming out of a Hindu background, says there's also the supernatural reality 
of uh, God's grace and his loving character to heal his dad. Just quickly before we go to break, what do you think about the many Abdu who are coming to faith in Christ because they're seeing the supernatural power of God? Oh, absolutely. I think that there are, if you look at the globally speaking, you're seeing the, the gospel spread in some places where it has been the most oppressed and the most hostile or the most difficult for the message of the gospel to get in. But through visions and dreams, Hindus and Muslims and people of all kinds of faith are coming to faith in Christ. They're actually seeing miracles. They're seeing God heal people. They're seeing him intervene in circumstances that have no naturalistic explanation, nor any explanation even in their own faith necessarily. And I think that this is a, a testimony to the fact that people often ask, what about those who have never heard the gospel before? But the reality yes. is, is that God has a way of personally breaking in to um, even the most closed places because he, he personally engages with people and he breaks in and he compels, he, he draws people to himself in these amazing ways. Well, I, I'm grateful that he drew Sa'i and uh, and I'm grateful that uh, many in the, even the Muslim world, we hear these testimonies of uh, visions and encounters with Christ. We hear testimonies of healings and miracles. And uh, we as a Christian community can never discount the, the miracle of the virgin birth, the miracle of the resurrection, the mm -hmm. miracle of uh, the intervening power of God in our lives. Friends, we're going to take our last break of this hour, but as we get ready to go to our last break, I want to encourage you to find out more about our program here at Equip. We're going to take more of your calls on the other side of this break, uh, Lord willing, as well. The phone number 877-548-3675. Also, I want to encourage you to go to our website, equipradio.org. Let's take today and let's make it a giving Friday. Your gifts of $100, $500, $1,000 can help us to finish this year strong. Go to equipradio.org or call 888-644-4144. Hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner, folks that we call equippers. But today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness, and start Start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is give me a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I hope that those of you who are listening who are questioning the Christian faith would find equipped to be a place where you can get honest and real answers that uh, a place of um, respect and regard for everyone uh, you don't have to agree with me in order for me to respect you and 
to take your questions seriously. I think every thinking person has questions that they're processing through. So please know that my greatest joy and hope is to be able to direct you to uh, places where you can get answers to your questions and uh, not waste time in places that ultimately will leave you uh, even more confused or broken, but to be able to find answers that, again, speak to the heart deeply and satisfy uh, your your longings and uh, answer the questions of your mind. 888-644-4144 is the number. That's 888-644-4144. Abdu, I'd be remiss to let you go without talking about what's happening in our culture right now as the whole world has its eyes on the Holy Land. Uh, obviously, the conflict there in many ways has captured all of the world. And it seems like there has been uh, this sense of factions that have formed, those who find themselves um, pro-Palestine and that translating almost into a deeply Western, uh, anti-Western sentiment. Those who find themselves aligning with Israel and, uh, and that seems to be the way this is so often framed. But where do we find Christ in the gospel in the middle of all of this protest, debates? Where is Christ fit? Yeah, and I've, I've had the, the, the immense privilege of being able to speak in a several forums now on this uh, issue specifically. Um, and I, I think that what we need to make sure we understand, especially as believers in Christ, is that there's a lot of messages we can send right now. And yes, we have to deal with the geopolitical situation. And yes, we have to look for you know uh, solutions that are political and social in nature. But ultimately, any solution has to be undergirded, I think, by a gospel message that can be spread in this moment. When Christians speak about the Middle East conflict, they almost always speak eschatologically, you know, end of the world kind of things, as this a fulfillment of prophecy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what I would ask us to do is that when Christians speak on the situation theologically, they speak evangelistically because there is a credibility to the Christian faith um, in, in, in this particular situation and in conflicts in general that I think is unique. The three things that emerge from conflicts like this and this conflict in specific are the questions of sorrow the demand for justice and the question of love so there's the cry of sorrow because of loss whether it's loss of loved ones or liberty or property or any sense of security i mean the rise of anti-semitism that followed an attack on jews is bizarre in many many ways but still there is the and, and so that leads to sorrow because there's a fear even in the united states about walking on campus so to speak but amongst Arabs, there's a commensurate fear as well, or a question about sorrow and, and loss because of a loss of a sense of dignity, or you're those people, so to speak. And I remember feeling that before I became a Christian and even after. Then there's the demand for justice. And we always demand justice for them. In other words, they have what's coming to them. Funny, we're never them. We're always us. And right. they're never, you know, uh, so there's the demand for justice. And then finally, there's the question of love. I mean, with the rise of, of polarization and anti-Semitism, Jews rightfully ask, does the world really love us? Does God even love us if he allowed the Holocaust to happen and then this to happen? But Arabs are asking the exact same question. Am I not loved by God just because my DNA happens to be different? Why don't the Christians love us as much? And these kinds of things. So sorrow, justice, love. Those are the three things that emerge from this particular conflict, and I think all conflicts. And yet those are the three things that converge at the cross where Jesus experiences the sorrow that 
we ought to feel because of being judged for our sins. And so he feels that forsakenness for us. Why? To satisfy God's justice so that sin is actually punished. And then when we see that we're not the ones on that cross, but he is, we see that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And then our enemies become sinners, not those to be vanquished, but those also to be saved. And why does he do that? Because of love. So sorrow, justice, and love, the three things that emerge from this particular conflict, find their convergence and, I think, their resolution at the cross. And that's where I think hearts and minds can be one. Abdu, as always, you have um, uh, spoken with uh, not only conviction, but an insightfulness that so often is missed. For those who want to learn more about Embrace the Truth, uh, to support the work that you're doing there, to uh, maybe even pick up resources. What's the best way to do so? Well, they can go to our website, which is embracethetruth.org. Um, we also have a YouTube channel with lots of video resources. Our website has that as well, and some great articles by, by me and my colleague Derek Caldwell, who does a great job for us. But our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com slash Official. And you'll find some resources there. But um, uh, yeah, the, the web is the best place. And of course, look for, my, look for me on socials as well. Well, I know you're busy and you're speaking mm -hmm. and uh, writing and doing a lot of great work. But I appreciate you carving out uh, this time to be with us in such a um, significant moment. The mm -hmm. conversion story of Ion uh, Hersey Ali is, I think, uh, one of the going to be seen in years to come as one of the uh, the most profound moment uh, of our time. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully uh, as she grows in her Christian faith, that proves to be true. Uh, yeah. But also I think we live in a very critical moment in a geopolitical sense. And so uh, I'm grateful for you and the work that you're doing. And I highly commend all of the website and contact information that Abdu just shared will be readily available at equipradio.org. That's equipped radio. Dot o -R -G. Abdu, thank you as always, brother, for being such a powerful and important and clear voice in our times. Oh, well, thank you, Chris, and uh, thanks for the work that you do as well. This is in incredibly important, the pastoral element, the intellectual element. You meld them together so well, and it's truly an honor and a privilege to be on the show and to help in any way that I can. Thanks again. Abdu Murray of Embrace the Truth has been our guest. Find out more at EquipRadio.org. Friends, as we get ready to leave uh, this, uh, this time together, I, I do want to say one further and very important aspect of the story of Ayan Hirsi Ali. Her article is on our website, but one very important aspect of this is that it should not be lost on us that she came out of a staunch belief in Islam and then a staunch belief in atheism. But yet she came to faith in Jesus. Her heart was softened by the gospel. So don't give up on those that you're witnessing to who may feel so hardened to Christ that they're unreachable. Don't let uh, yourself or our enemy and adversary convince us that certain groups of people or certain individuals are beyond God's reach. God's arm is not so short that it cannot save. His truth reaches all. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.